0: Welcome to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast with Brett, Ed, Fran, Johnny, Matt, and Paul, helping you to build more muscle and to lose weight with a hint of banter and a dash of humour. Enjoy this week's episode. Welcome to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast, episode number 171.
1: Seamless, I was.
0: It wasn't, I doubted myself on the episode number again, which is such a boring joke nowadays, but.
1: Yeah, I think it's the same joke every time.
0: Yeah, yeah. I Lucky. should you... comedians. Yeah. <laughs> oh, War. Um. Hello, Jonathan Lewis. How are you? I'm. Uh, I'm pretty good,
1: actually. I'm feeling good.
0: Explain. Expand. Been, give us some...
1: Something... For the minute. Yeah. Compared to normal. Which is so good. So, obviously, we've just we've well we briefly discussed this. Um. So. Wedding is obviously not this year anymore, it's supposed to be me, clear at in and so I was next me so I thought, because I've dieted for quite a long time and I was a bit sick of it, I was and uh going to go into a marginal, and I mean marginal, surplus for a couple of months, just do a break from dieting and <clears throat> hopefully gain a little bit of muscle if I can keep when I get dieted down enough in May at least then I'll be a couple of pound heavier you know the more muscle you carry when you diet you do look better obviously don't you so <clears throat> eating more food compared to normal considering it's like a diet of like however long it was and i really I'm really not bad I like the word bulk but I haven't deliberately tried to gain muscle for quite a while So
0: surprising much food can help Certainly helps with uh, training and recovery No doubt Yes And maybe a a little bit of Recomposition with some uh, Obviously muscle Fullness and uh, You know Maybe stimulate a bit of muscle memory Given that you haven't trained in a while No I'll I'll only back up well, as I say, when you haven't trained well, sorry, just expand on that. Obviously, we talked about you going back into the gym last couple of weeks or however long it's been, two or three weeks. But I meant just kind of longer term. Obviously, you have a you've had a long while off from lockdown of not really training to now the last few weeks. So keep pushing that, and you should start to see uh, potentially a bit of a a recomp for those reasons. Maybe I think it's been like six weeks now back in the gym. Six, five, six weeks. Oh, time passed. Time flies. Oh, I was
1: but a surprise, no quick certain things come back compared to others mm. but a lot of, and probably 90 percent back to where i was maybe maybe more on some things i find if i compare when, when was it was in whenever we went locked lockdown what is it march April whatever it was so i'm pretty much there near enough like, like I've added some exercise and I don't I wasn't doing before like I'm doing they call them cyclist squats tonight so you're standing on a quite a large plate your heels are quite uh pretty highly elevated so you can just <clears throat> you can get very very low and I keep my feet real close together so I haven't done that with a barbell and that's pretty Decent, but mm-hmm. I think you'd expect the weight to go for that quite rapidly because you get more fish under that exercise, and it because you haven't done it before, even though I've it before, but it's, you know, it's slightly different, isn't it? Yes. So that's going all right. Just uh, build the volume up now.
0: Well, good. So, that, uh...
1: Podcast earlier, totally relevant to what 99% of the publishers ever do, but it um, um pro bodybuilders and the volume they were doing. And there's a guy who's actually, it's his thesis studying pro bodybuilders and the volume they were doing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And he's managed to, I, I imagine, it's probably, probably not going to be 100% accurate, but he's studied all of Mr. Olympias from when they started training to when they won the Olympia and try to find out their training in terms of volume from when they started as in to the Olympia and he said on average they leading up to when they, when they missed Olympia they were on average doing 200 sets a week it's a lot
0: 200 sets total yeah um, okay that sounds unfathomable but okay that is uh some amount of now obviously i guess clearly uh people that were missed olympia were assisted and probably have a higher work capacity than your average joe um yes. that and obviously being very very advanced but still that seems like they a... Be a different species yeah that sounds like a ridiculous amount of uh workload hmm, interesting okay oh, that's interesting anything else happening in your life jonathan that's interesting to listeners I'm going to say no I wouldn't given... say interestingly yeah I was going to say the fact that you've no. had to think about it probably not no 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 hmm. okay um, well.
1: my last four days we're going to need these off that's interesting that's not interesting. interesting to me
0: no oh okay well um, um, i I'm fi- I'm fine <laughs> no uh no good uh nothing really interesting for, uh, for me either. just maybe a training and up nutrition update still uh well kind of at the end of my maintenance phase now, so uh as as we know, just to recap just because people might like to to understand um if they you know maybe've got new listeners or maybe people just uh have forgotten because we were that boring in previous episodes to forget what we've talked about but um finished my dieting phase, went into maintenance phase to uh i guess compound the uh the results of the diet almost um and to to try and also kind of avoid any rapid body fat regain or body weight regain really um also kind of from a more habitual or a uh i guess like a consistency perspective going into something like maintenance um can often be uh i guess a nice simple way of transitioning into into a different phase without kind of blowing things so you know not just physiologically you are primed for weight gain when you come out of a diet but i guess just kind of habitually and psychologically um you also primed primed for um kind of into or or putting on weight because you're kind of dieting hard for so long it's just easy to go and overshoot the amount you then consume um and just see quite like i say quite rapid fat gain so uh, maintenance just helps keep some kind of form of restriction or some discipline or just kind of keep that consistency uh without i guess continually to Diet and continually to I guess um if I am breaking up, let me just uh, I'll turn my sorry, Johnny's Johnny I think my thing is broken up. Um yeah, obviously the continued diet, uh or, or sorry, maintenance just stops you continuing to diet and therefore building up more diet fatigue and stuff, which obviously what you don't want to do when you're in the diet. So um as when I say continue to diet, sorry, i I need to rephrase that. If you kind of go into what a lot of people might consider a reverse diet where you're effectively to kind of chucking in very small amounts of extra energy to until your metabolism readapts um that can often i guess kind of one obviously prolong the diet because you're still in a deficit just maybe a tiny slightly smaller one and a, a, hopefully a smaller and smaller one over a long time but it does still increase or doesn't really reduce any diet fatigue which is obviously what you don't want to do so anyway long story short uh five weeks maintenance now done uh, and start to go into a very very small surplus with an aim to kind of put on a I'd like to keep it at the quarter percent uh, body weight increase per month. But I can't, it, it, you know, it'll, it'll probably fluctuate because that's the low end, probably quarter to a half percent. So um, I'm starting that. i have started that this week. So see how that goes. Obviously, my, I, I think, I've talked about my dieting phase being almost like considered a primer phase for me in that it's left kind of bought me a lot of time or space to now mass into and try and help develop that more muscle mass so um, yeah it's it's exciting really for me to see uh, how far or how long I can now kind of keep this nice and steady and strict and and keep pushing training and, and help hopefully you know make some pretty significant changes
1: How much of a surplus are you going to be in do
0: you think um, probably only a couple of hundred calories if that I, I think over the week it might average out one to two hundred calories per day there'll be some days maybe slightly higher there might be some days I'm not actually even in a, a surplus depending upon kind of where it fits and you're never really going to know because one energy output is never static it's not like oh you know you definitely burn two to a half thousand calories so if i ate say maybe two thousand six hundred two hundred two thousand seven hundred calories would i know that i was in a one two hundred calorie surplus? no you're never really going to know you can only really tell by the the scale weight going up and obviously you're only again looking at averages it's not like it's going to be it's dynamic it's not static that it's going to be the same every single day because you move different amounts per day don't you You have different foods with different thermogenic effects different days You might be more stressed um, some days and that might um, create a higher energy output compared to, to other days where you're less stressed so you're never really going to know um, you just kind of get your best guess really or ballpark so
1: I do as well people listen might think oh, 100 to 200 calories is not that much I think a lot of people think oh yeah 500 calorie surplus," but it's like it's just not needed so you're just going to get an excess fat and you'll have 500 calorie surplus all the time
0: Certainly, certainly going over that, I think. Yeah, I think. I mean, five hundred calories still okay. I think it depends on a lot of other factors as well in terms of whether you're better off going for a slightly higher surplus or slightly lower. I think where I am at the moment, both psychologically and kind of from training age and stuff, I think a a smaller surplus is a better place for me right now.
1: Yeah, I think. I think there is the argument of a higher surplus to try and maximize muscle gain because it's easier to diet than it is to gain muscle. Mm-hmm. As it is, you lose fat and lose the gain muscle. So there is that school of thought, but then again, it depends how much fat you gain, doesn't it? Yeah.
0: No, and I, I, I kind of mostly agree with that, and I certainly think the older and kind of more advanced you get in training, then you probably do have to do that, because obviously generating or building new muscle tissue becomes harder and harder as you train. Obviously, or as you get kind of more competent at training, and obviously you're getting closer to your genetic ceiling, so you might have to pay more in terms of fat gain to get less muscle back but i think obviously if you're a newbie you know certainly if you're if you're a total newbie and you're in that kind of newbie phase where you know like the dream phase where you can look at a weight and grow muscle almost um you you don't even need a surplus you'll probably still grow i'm not suggesting you you, it's probably still not best to maximize that period because we talked about that on a previous podcast didn't we but I, i think it is but you certainly need a less surplus when you're um, kind of new to training because just you can generate muscle, muscle tissue a lot lot easier without kind of needing the the additional energy or additional protein or whatever you, you know the, the fuel substrates basically. So, um, but yeah, tr- I think as your training age gets gets more advanced or you get more experience, I think you probably do have to sacrifice. But and a lot of it also again like I say it comes down to that psychology. Whether you're the type of individual that doesn't like to kind of put on a lot of body fat, you might have to accept the the trade off is to actually put on less muscle or slower muscle but obviously you'll feel a bit more comfortable around the, the levels of body fat because you're in a slightly smaller uh, a deficit the the other outcome as well is aligning people's expectations of how much food they're going to be and i mean you've just you said about it it's a, obviously people expect like larger surpluses and oh i can eat all the food now you're in a massive phase well quite often that's not even the case like if you are on the small end um you know 100 200 calories more is literally nothing you know it's a, it's a half a or a or a Mars bar, you know, half Mars bar, or a Mars bar, a couple hundred calories. So it's not like you're going to be in a, in a, being able to kind of eat out all the time and have massive burgers and chips all the time and stuff because you feel like you're now in this massing phase. I think that can often be a problem. People's mindset's changing to, I should be eating loads of food now, when in reality, you're just eating a little bit more than you were before.
1: I think it does come from <clears throat> loads of major currents on the bodybuilding world now, and that's what they do. And obviously, it filters down to, General population, they think they can behave the way a different animal. Totally, no top level pros. That's where the information ends up coming from, you know. And that's what people are. He does it, and he gains X, Y, but he's a different animal. You know, you're walking a 300 pound off season with abs. You know, they're not normal. Not definitely normal.
0: I also, I don't, I don't think it's just. That either. I think it's also you know, and I've fallen trapped this before. You you just expect certainly after dieting as well when you're kind of sick of dieting. You diet, you know, a lot of people get into the the kind of the fitness lifestyle because they want to lose weight, not necessarily because they want to lose muscle. uh, sorry, gain muscle. Now, obviously, a lot of people do, but I would say certainly from my experience, maybe it's just the types of clients we trap, but more people kind of get into the fitness lifestyle to kind of because they're overweight and they want to lose weight than that kind of i guess underweight or kind of lean individuals that then want to build muscle um clearly there are both but the the former the ones that are getting into to to lose weight they diet for so long that and obviously they they kind of get used to a such a a lower energy intake and kind of all the dieting lifestyle you have to do when they eventually get to a point where they want to then start to build some muscle mass and improve their body composition rather than just lose body fat um the thought of kind of taking it moderately is is like really difficult to take because you kind of you know you've suffered all this time you want your rewards back now almost like oh yes now I can go into this phase where I get to eat loads of food because I'm I'm sick of dieting the entire time and not having lots of food and as I say the reality of that is not is not correct it, it, that just isn't how it works um, you and I think a lot of people do fall into that trap certainly I have before where I've just got too fat too quickly and had to cut short massing or bulking phases like very very short to to a point where after i've dieted again afterwards to kind of reduce the or, or reduce the body fat that i've accumulated i've just barely put on if if any or look any different at the end of it and i've just wasted like a year of 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 kind of like training or a, or a year of my life almost trying to improve body composition Just it is and, I, and I'll be honest I've done it more than once I've probably done it two or three kind of cycles of, of dieting and, or, or cutting and in bulking trying to improve body composition and just completely skewed the amount of dieting to, to bulking that the ratios that we would like in terms of optimality because I've just not been reserved enough in, in and I've kind of got into that mindset of oh, I should be bulking eating all the food right now
1: it is an easy trap to go into
0: oh absolutely it is yeah it absolutely is and 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 like i said it it also comes down to like if that mindset changes and also physiologically your body's in a prime position to put on body fat because you're you know you've you've driven down your your body fat levels of dieted over time it's prime to say yep i want to kind of put something back on because survival is quite important to me so hence i do think the maintenance phases after long dieting phases is quite a A key thing for a lot of individuals, and you can't just jump into a a surplus afterwards and expect to to see kind of better long term results because I just don't think for a lot of people it happens.
1: No, I think you need to make friends with a new weight for a bit, don't you?
0: Yeah, exactly. And that just as I say, just compounds the behaviors and the kind of things that you need to do on an ongoing basis because. If you go back to eating as you did before, or you kind of go back to eating, or sorry, you go to a way of eating that's just, as say, a bit gluttonous or, or way over and above the type of energy consumption that you really need, you will just get too fat too quickly. You'll just go back to how you were before. It's you know, it's logic, really. Um, and it kind of like that brings in question something I spoke about to uh, a, a client um, this week around dieting for holidays. And ideally, you'd have a maintenance phase before you went on holiday for those that kind of diet before their holidays. Um, because all of those things I've just talked about in terms of the psychology and the physiology of of what dieting does to people, it primes you for kind of weight regain. Now, if you're primed for weight regain, the last thing you want to do is just go away and get chucked in the middle of a, an all-you-can-eat buffet on holiday. Because that will will inevitably not res- or for most people will be very difficult not to then kind of undo or damage a lot of the and i suppose i shouldn't really use the word damage because you know putting on body fat is not kind of damage or or kind of um we don't want to associate moral things to body body composition i guess but for want of a better phrase you kind of like undo all the good work you've done um like very quickly on holiday and then it does leave people disheartened it does leave people unmotivated and i think why do they they bother
1: well, yeah, it does. But it, it, yeah. Then we spend all our time dieting, yeah, and then <clears throat> it's all undone in a fortnight.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, a week for a lot of people. I mean, yeah. it can quite easily be, you know, you lose 15, 20 pounds before going to go on a holiday, and you get on a holiday and, as I say, drink all the alcohol, eat all the buffet meals, you know, four times a day, three times a day or whatever. Um, and you can easily put on 10, 15, 20 pounds in, in even, well, a week or a fortnight, quite quite easily. It I, does
1: to never get too fat. Because I think people get into the thing of I'm shredded now once <clears throat> I just get fatter again, just get fat again. Whereas if you say you've got I don't know, single digits, if you're lucky enough to get down there. Uh, if you never went above fifteen, sixteen, which should be fairly achievable, then you never need to diet that hard to get in Decent condition again. You don't need to go abroad at seven percent body fat. Do if you're twelve to fourteen percent, and you've got a decent amount of muscle mass, you're still going to look good. I mm-hmm. yeah. you get into that extreme just to go on all day like single digits is just not now If you've got if you're around ten percent with decent muscle mass, you look good. I
0: think like there's something to be said for that. Yeah, I think like I don't think there's there's much need for most as i say to put on a huge amount of body fat unless you are kind of you know at that extreme ends of of close to genetic potential high training age uh, or experience and you are really the type of individual that you know maybe competes in shows or you want to just eke out as much muscle mass as you possibly can over your career um your lifting career in air quotes and then you might have to get and get get a bit fatter than you'd like potentially at some point but for most people they can see really good progress and body composition changes and um, like physical performance just by sitting, you know, having periods of just sitting over and above maybe where they ideally like to be over longer periods. And I think the time, I've said this before on a podcast numerous times, the time you spend not dieting is way more important in my opinion than how extreme or how big like your surpluses. is. Like you're going to see better results by just having long periods of maintenance and slight surpluses. I think over, the, over a longer term if you had really extreme amounts of calories come in and like you know train really hard and, ooh, fucking beast mode um but then have to diet for long periods as well because obviously you're having to undo the the extreme uh, surfaces i think the the form is a, a way more optimal process I think you get better results if you did just kind of hang around maintenance and over for a longer period and then not have to diet as much like you just said because you just sat a few percent body uh, um, in body composition in terms of percentages of body fat you're, you're sitting a few over than what you'd ideally like and you can soon get to if you then need to, like a holiday or whatever it is, the the reason you might diet.
1: Most people don't ever need to get the single digits, for, well, unless they compete in, which most people don't do. Most people just look at a diet and look good. Get the 10%, hang on there for a little bit. As you say, if you're, I don't know, 13 stone at 10%, maintenance calories should be half decent depending on your activity levels. And you should be able to maintain roughly around that, you know, long term. And then, so when you do need to diet again, you may have to go and you get a, don't you know, twelve stone two or something to get back in shape or whatever. Lose a stone, which is not that difficult, especially if you've got months to do it. And you never need to go; you don't need to go to extremes, either way. Longer, slower is better than quick and extreme, most of the time, especially you know for longevity.
0: We were, um, we obviously, what we had a listener Q and A episode planned for today, but we've just talked for ages about <laughs> about uh, a topic. Well, hopefully, people you find useful, I guess. Anyway, um, but shall we crack on to question? Let's crack on. Yeah, should we crack on? Um, so we had uh, a question from um, Paul W. Um, we haven't actually asked anyone if they mind us using their names, which. They probably don't, but I thought it was safer to to not give their (laughs) name away just in case. So um, the the uh, risk-conscious person inside of me thought, we'll do that. So he said, trying to build muscle, is it okay to train muscles once per week as long as it's hard, as in my training's hard? Well, training a muscle group,
1: it, it all starts with... Really, you put it back to the start is how often have you got to train in the week? So, I mean, if you can only train, I know it's extreme, if you can only train once a week, then it's all you can ever do. So, first you can look at, right, what, what can I do in a week? Because, as Bonnie said, yeah, ideally we should be training them um, two, three times a week. But if you can't do it, then the, the question irrelevant, isn't it? But, so, uh, Look at that, first, your lights out first. So ideally, you should train more your body part more than once a week. Um, I think obviously the, the training a body part once a set, as in like arms one day, chest one day, that comes from bodybuilding, isn't it? And they can get away with that because they do a lot of steroids. So they can not well, they can almost do what they like in regards to training and still make gains, still gain muscle mass. But ideally, for the natural, you should be um, stimulating the muscle more than once a week, which is easy enough to do upper, lower, upper, lower training or push pull legs, push pull, whichever, whichever way. You can do it because training once training the body part once a week. You're gonna look at right what's the potential, what's the optimal amount of training volume per session? Because if it's too high per session, then towards the end of that session, your training is gonna be of poor quality because you're too tired, so you're missing out there. Whereas if you split the volume over two, two days then you may be able to use more weight, you'll have more energy comes towards the end of that session, and then you may end up having maybe, may end up actually doing a bit more volume in terms of more reps and more weight. And intensity and volume are the drivers of muscle growth. Because if you look at between ten and twenty sets per body part is in the ballpark of where you should be per week, then okay you could probably do 10 sets of legs in a session. You know, even if you're training intensely, it should be, it should be doable. When if, you, if you're an advanced trainer and maybe you need to go beyond 20, 20 sets and you go into 20, 25 sets of legs, then towards that session, you're not going to be in the greatest place to be doing heavy, hard sets of maybe 12 to 15. So that is one thing you're going to think about. Well, a couple of things there is the energy you've got at the end of that session to to hit uh, the volume you need to hit to make gains as you say uh, obviously the, f- the more frequently you do it the more the less volume you're going to need to do per session so you may be able to do Bit more weight and a bit more reps towards the end of that session, which will then give you more total volume across the week and maybe maybe enable you to to use more weight, which will then put you in a better place to gain muscle over the long term. Like, so I don't think once per week is optimal unless you're enhanced, then maybe you get away with it. Well, you probably do get away with it.
0: um shall i add my thoughts yeah um no I, I agree with with all of that i definitely think um so i guess i, I suppose maybe i'll start with if you can only train what if you know so if you can only train one muscle part what sorry if you can only train or if you want to train uh a muscle group once per week you can and you'll still get results. So I don't think I don't want to put people off. Although I think you we would argue saying, look at the literature, like you've said, Johnny, training them multiple times a week shows better hypertrophy than not. So um yeah, like like smashing a body part, so smashing arm having an arm day and smashing arms once and having a chest day and smashing chest once, like as with as much volume uh, as you possibly can in that one session uh has been shown to be less optimal for hypertrophy than training it two or three times per week that being said if that's what you like to do you'll still see results you'll still see muscle growth just won't be as optimal potentially um and i, I think most people will refer to the the schoenfeld paper um back in oh, i don't even remember what year it was now but where they compared groups for training once per week twice a week three times a week per muscle group and the Two times did had better results than one time, three marginally better than two, but not significantly. So um that kind of gives you probably most that you need to know. I do agree, I think when people try and smash a body part once per week, you end up doing inevitably low to junk volume because you're just tired and you know your example there's a good one, I think, in having like you know, ten to twenty sets per body part per week is seen or or kind of considered optimal-ish um and obviously people will differ depending upon lots and lots of different factors of, of where they sit in that realm but try and do 20 sets in in a in one workout for a body part like it's going to ruin you you're not gonna be able to do it 10 like you say yeah three you know three exercises of chest three sets per exercise is p- pretty doable you know nine ten ten sets but double that and try and do six exercises or you know three exercises and six sets you're just gonna fucking kill yourself by the end of it and just not you'll be really sore um or by the end of you know halfway through the exercise uh, the the workout you'll just be doing a load of junk volume and getting no stimulus and all fatigue and it'll just be an absolute waste so um yeah, I think that probably probably answers the question, I think. Um, it is okay, but probably not optimal. Um, you Certainly, I think, if you're only training once per week, then you probably do want to push it a bit harder in terms of closer to failure. Um, that being said, I don't think you may have to go to the realms of absolutely annihilating a, a muscle group in the session because um, it would be wasted. As I say, I think you'll just head into that, that junk volume. But I think we'd always try and encourage people to try to, change their um their, their training plans or the well yeah just train their, their their training plans to try and see if they can fit in a, a, a better or sorry a high frequency so at least two times per week for a muscle group sorry to interrupt this episode but we just wanted to let you know that we're currently accepting applications to work with any of our coaches to help you lose weight and get shredded or build muscle and get jacked if you want to know more just head over to nnncoaching.com no contract lengths, just evidence based coaching to make sure you get the results you've always been after. I think if you're a ranked you rank beginner, you, you do one a week. I think, Obviously, well, nice. on, on that though, if they're a beginner, I do think there's, there's some merit in having multiple times a week, but very low volumes per session, just so that there becomes this yeah. kind of practice almost element and that's just developing the technique and not focusing on things like trying to push weight or volume too much or progression too much and just you know even if you learn to squat maybe one or two sets per session two or three times four times a week is really good to learn that technique and that movement oh
1: yeah 100% yeah definitely but they could if they wanted to do once they could get away
0: with it <clears> at <throat> what as in and still see hypertrophy or still see results yeah, yeah yeah, I mean, yeah, no doubt you will, because that that one session is still a stimulus. Um, yeah, I suppose that one session is still quite a big stimulus compared to what they were doing previously, which was nothing. So, body, your body will have to adapt, and hypertrophy will occur. I guess that would probably only last for. So much time before you have to push those volumes higher per session. If you are still do it one per session, that's when we start to think you then eventually will get into that jump volume phase because the amount of volume you have to do per session will get higher and higher, and you'll end up just getting to a point where it's just all shit training, basically, or not all, but you know, halfway through your training session become shit training
1: because yeah, most people probably can't train like three hours, a, you know, three hours a session but they and have like ten minutes rest in between. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah, it's
0: just, pit the it all. So. You know, it's like the, you just get to the point where you can do like squats and you might do two sets three sets four sets you start getting five sets or six sets and your last sets of those squats are absolute dog shit and then you try and do another exercise the next part of that session and it, again it's just oh, i've just got no energy i'm tired i'm fatigued from all those squats and you just put it through just going through the motions and, and just doing junk volume and you're not really creating a, a, a high stimulus for muscle hypertrophy like you want to you're just doing junk where you, you know you're just going through it but not actually creating any type of disruption or stimulus
1: yeah I think if you are if you are a very advanced athlete like now if you've got a very advanced trainer then you you probably do have to do quite a lot of volume per session even if you are doing two sessions a week I main but, but but obviously if you've been training twenty years you I would say you could probably do twenty sets of workout and Get through it without, you know, form suffering too much. So, you know, another question whether you can recover from that all the time. But you could probably do it in. Uh, you know, obviously, if, it's, if you're training periodized, you probably could hit 20 odd, 20 plus sets per body part now and again. But obviously, for any beginner or even intermediate, doing 20 sets who work is probably going to see you train. that's without the junk volume even even thinking about that but even recovering from that sort of stuff isn't it's probably not going to happen over the long term
0: no I agree okay I think um, nothing more to add try and aim for more than once is all I would say if you can but if you enjoy it once per week and you enjoy just ruining one body part then you know you can still do it you'll still see gains um Question from Alan Howard. Will I lose muscle dieting if I don't work out? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I imagine there's a bit of context you want to add around that, Johnny, because you know, it seems a bit black and white, that answer. Well, it is want, a black. Do you want me to answer? Cause it sounds like a mouthful of something, and I hope it's food. It's um.
1: It's a very bro, 5% mince, and uh, jasmine rice.
0: Oh, lovely. I had uh, 5% mince for tea tonight as well, but it was 5% pork mince. Oh, actually, no. It was, sorry, it was <laughs> it was pork mince, 5% fat. If it was 5% pork, I want to know what the other 95% was. That's not oh. what I meant. Um, but yeah, <laughs> um I had that. Yeah, it's lovely. So I had a stir-fry with stir-fried vegetables and um, randomly some garlic herb potatoes. Not that people need to know that. Um, didn't really go together, but I still enjoyed it nonetheless. Um, yeah okay i'll answer this one johnny it sounds like you're eating so i'll let you go so will i lose muscle dieting if i don't work out the answer is going to be well it depends um but you are you are at more risk of losing muscle in a deficit than not in a deficit because your body needs to obtain substrates from somewhere it will recycle protein uh, and obviously and in a deficit we see higher rates of muscle protein breakdown and lower rates of muscle protein synthesis so you are very much at more risk however in most individuals the risk is quite low and by by most i mean probably anyone that isn't very very lean um and i've kind of given away a little bit there in terms of uh if you decide to, so so basically the things that stimulate muscle protein synthesis which is the positive side of muscle protein balance so the basically the bit that we do to try and increase our muscle mass or certainly the bit we try to stimulate to avoid going into a a net negative um in terms of breakdown therefore losing muscle um are two two things really are training so stimulating muscle to grow which is predominantly the biggest part of the muscle protein synthesis stimulation that we can do way over and above nutritionally in terms of what we can do which a lot of people don't seem i think realize um which is why we go on about how if you want to gain muscle your training is way 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 more important than like basically consume enough protein or nutrition, which is what a lot of people think, um, the kind of the protein shit you're having is a small part compared to the actual quality of your training that you'll get, which will, in terms of what will result in the most muscle mass. Um, and obviously it's the same in dieting, really, um, albeit your, your nutrition has to be the thing that drives your your fat loss, because you have to be in a calorie deficit, But and your training will support trying to maintain muscle mass and will trying to maintain a decent body shape. Um but it's, it's the other way when you're trying to gain muscle, and that your training will be the thing that completely determines how much muscle mass you gain, and your nutrition will just kind of support and augment it. Um, so yeah, so basically, if you don't train, then you're at higher you're at higher risk than someone that did train. Um, but if you're consuming enough protein, um, and you know, we'd probably say let's try and keep up the the one point six plus uh, grams per kilogram of protein. Um, I prefer to keep it closer to the two point two personally or above because I think why not be safe also there's the, the effects of protein on dieting um, and, and hunger management so which is another benefit it, you're generally less hung, hungry the more protein you consume up to a point so hence I try to, I try to get people up, up to the higher end of that and I think unless you're really lean which if you're dieting you're probably not unless you're dieting for a show or photo shoot or something then obviously it might be a different conversation but other than that I think yes you are at high risk but the likelihood of losing much if any muscle is pretty slim
1: But why would you not want to train while dieting?
0: This is the thing: is like I, we we don't know the context of the question about like will I lose muscle if I don't work out? Maybe they just don't like weight training, so therefore just don't want to do it, and they're just worried that oh, I, you know, I've heard that if you diet, you lose you'll lose muscle. If if that's the case, then fine. But like Johnny said, if you if you do like training, or if you'd be interested in giving it a go and try and get into it anyway, you will reap the benefits because one, you will retain muscle easier because of the stimulus. Uh but also you might even gain a little bit. You know, it is possible to gain muscle in a deficit. shock fucking horror. Um certainly for people that have, have are new to training especially as well. So um yeah, why not do it? There's also a load of good health benefits to to weight training, not just um physiolog physio- physiological no, that's not right, not alright. Um not just muscle physiology.
1: Especially as you get older.
0: Especially when you get older, yes stave off that sarcopenia yeah don't want that no definitely don't want that um cool anything else to add should we move on to the next one move on okay question from rachel o'shea i think that's how you pronounce it um s-h-a-e not Hmm. e-a shy share okay let's go with it um sorry rachel if you're listening uh how do you get the calories right to slim down but still build muscle you can have this one, Johnny.
1: You, you should. Even though it goes, you you can. You can gain muscle in a deficit, you no. Know, but I think you should make them two distinct phases, right? So you need to look at the first. You need to look at the long term goal. What do I want to look like, or what weight roughly, what weight do I want to be? What's that? Whatever, whatever it is, isn't it? So, you're know, right, my plan is to be whatever. 11 stone at 10, I don't, whatever, this could be male or female, right? But no more likely, let's go with a female, right? Let's go, I want to be 15% body fat at 9 stone, whatever, long term. So you've decided, right God? I need to, <clears throat> if you've decided you want to diet first, so you need to obviously work on your calories, <clears throat> there are quick ways of doing it, but the easiest thing to do is just track calories for the week accurately weigh yourself it's a, it's a bit more complicated for females because obviously you've got a menstrual cycle so you're probably better off doing it across a month or so even even two months so you can you can compare month to month rather than across a week for a man is pretty it's pretty easy but for a woman, for a woman depending on, on what the cycle is doing can be it is more uh it will fluctuate hugely but anyway Establish your base calories. So if you're maintaining now on whatever, 2,000 calories, then obviously you need to reduce that by, let's say, 300 to start and see where you go. And then you need to be in that deficit until you reach your goal weight. But what a lot of people will find is they are extremely light when they're very lean, lighter than they ever thought they would be is always the same. Especially in men because I think men think they're going to be bigger when they ain't. So then you need to, uh, then you should move in to a distinct massing phase. But like Brett said at the start of the podcast, when you get to whatever weight you're at that, that you're comfortable with, then you need to maintain there for a while, make friends with that weight and then uh, go into a, a marginal surplus maybe 100-200 calories and keep monitoring weight as you go. Obviously I'm doing this bulk or mass uh, you will ideally need to be increasing volume over time in, in the gym and intensity. Uh, by intensity I mean weight on the bar so you can try and gain as much muscle as you can. So they do need to be in two I think in two distinct phases or even three distinct phases you might do a diet to get excess fat off a slow long mass where you get as much quality uh masses as you can and then diet back down to where you were before but hopefully a couple of pound heavier so you look better or even a bit leaner than before so yeah they need to be in two distinct phases and you need to make sure that during the dieting phase, your intensity is kept as high as possible in the gym as in, you know, weight on the bar don't go from 6 to 8 reps to 25, 30 reps, you know, keep your intensity high, keep the weight high in the bar and then when you move into the massing phase, it is obviously easier to add weight to the bar add more volume because you've got more calories to recover and <clears throat> more energy to do more in the gym over time. So I wouldn't if you're dieting, I wouldn't I wouldn't look to gain muscle at the same time. I look to, to diet, get rid of the fat, and then go into a distinct phase of trying, of deliberately trying to gain muscle over the long term. Be aware, will take a long time to gain any substantial amount of muscle, especially in females. If you're looking at point, I don't know, what's the ever say for a man? 0.5 one and a half percent of body weight a month and I'm bearing in mind one and a half is the very new to training or the genetically elite or the enhanced it's more likely to be 0.5 for most especially as you get a um, higher training age or older training age so for one woman, even half that so if you're lucky if you're lucky it's 0.7 percent a month and it's probably not going to be that it's probably more likely to be 0.2 so you know you might be getting two to under two and a half percent of your body weight a year, and if you're, you know, a ten stone female, that's not a lot. However, you know, it will add, it will make a difference long term. So be aware that when you do try and gain muscle, don't think you can do it in twelve weeks. You want, not unless you're willing to uh, do other things. But <clears throat> you need to look at the long, long term. So as things happen, my. Uh, Client of mine, who we've just finished, who's reached her goal, she went from 123 pound lean to, I think the max weight was 136, something like that, and that was about 18 months, and then eventually then she got leaner and she was about 6 pound heavier, so it took near enough two years To gain six pound of lean mass, which may not all be muscle, because obviously you've got water there as well potentially. But she looked leaner, but she was only six pound heavier. So that's the that's the that's the length of time you're potentially looking at for a female, but it's worth it. But don't try and do two at the same time because I don't. For most of us, and for most general probably unless you're new. It doesn't really work, in my opinion.
0: Um, I'll add I'll add some stuff to that if that's all right. Um, yeah, I mean, I I would say my recommendation would be to not focus on getting the calories right to slim down, but and also build muscle. Um, I did just say a minute ago that clearly you can build muscle in a deficit. You can. There, people think you can't, but you definitely can. More so in newbies, but in many other circumstances as well um because i think i'm sure you know we have said before muscle hypertrophy and um kind of muscle protein synthesis comes from a a a protein derived process um whereas dieting is energy derived process so basically you can still consume enough protein um you can train and stimulate and have a positive protein synthesis while being in a deficit um and losing body fat so it is possible the problem is is for things like we said we, we know when you deficit it's harder to stimulate protein synthesis um you don't recover as well you don't have much energy to train as well either so basically the the circumstances of the environment are just a lot more more difficult but it's still possible but because they're a lot more difficult i agree with johnny in that you'd be better off focusing on different phases um and ironically it doesn't really change any of your actual outcomes or actions in terms of you still train hard you still eat and consume high protein but because you're in a dieting phase you just don't worry about that idea of i'm going to be build muscle at this point from a mindset perspective but your actual actions are probably still the same whether you were or went um but i think just kind of separating to different phases allows you to kind of focus on a a goal that's more achievable in air quotes because obviously again they're kinda you're not focused on trying to build muscle and deficit which is pretty difficult difficult you just basically just don't think of it so obvious as that and you still train in that manner and as if you were but you're only really focused on the weight loss part and then move into a transition into a period of you know maintenance you know we'll leave that a bit for now but we've we've discussed we've discussed the benefits of maybe having a maintenance phase in between but go into a gaining phase where you then can focus properly on the hypertrophy and muscle gain aspect um, in a longer period, and you'll see, I think, better results having these this physical approach of dieting and cutting than it would be to try and kind of either gain or you know actually just try and gain muscle and deficit and body recomp at the same time. I think it's yeah, it's a lot more difficult doing it that way. So what I will just say about the women thing it, or the female thing, I should say, in terms of I don't think I mean f- females can grow muscle probably at the same rate as men, as far as I'm aware. I'm pretty sure the research there shows that. Um, they just start with a lot lower muscle mass uh, than men because they, obviously they don't kind of go through the same puberty phase and, and see the same developments that boys go through when they when they kind of reach the, the, the hormonal changes in free puberty and then develop larger, larger amounts of muscle mass. So you do tend to find that women, though, when they start their, their lifting careers, they just start with a lot lower muscle mass generally than what men do, which means they're just obviously at a bit of a, or men are at a bit of a head start. But I think the actual rates of muscle they gain are quite similar to men. Even though things like, you know, there's this stuff about, oh, women have got so much less testosterone than men, so they can't grow muscle. Actually, I think that's not true. I just think that it's just obviously takes a lot of time to get to a point where they look as muscular as men because they start with a lot lower uh, amounts. And
1: people forget that uh, men have got estrogen as well. It's
0: just not as much, obviously, and the, and need estrogen to, to build muscle. I mean, you listen to your old your best mate Broderick Chavez talk about kind of the hormonal requirements of, of muscle gain, and he talks about estrogen being such a a, a key factor in hypertrophy and muscle gain from a homo- hormonal perspective. I don't pretend to understand. I'm not going to lie. Um, no. It's incredibly difficult to understand but basically even if you have incredibly low estrogen and high testosterone i think there's some issues there where it might actually hamper some um, muscular development compared to obviously people that still you know men still need estrogen yeah.
1: apparently apparently estrogen is is involved in men's sex growth
0: yes um isn't that I, i've got a feeling actually i don't know i listened to a podcast with him on quite recently actually but it was an Iraqi nutrition one which was quite old, like it's probably 18 months old. And he was talking, and he's probably just repeating maybe the same content on other ones you've listened to as well, I guess, because un- unless you're going to tell me you've listened to that one. But yeah, I remember him, he was talking about how a lot of people that are assisted have rampant sex drives when they kind of use or kind of use hormone derivatives of estrogen because it just gets them like super randy. Yeah. Which is, you'd think, uh, his point was, is, like he, he liked to bring it up because it's, most people think it's the opposite. It's the testosterone when it's actually not.
1: No. So with the higher testosterone we got, the more you shouldn't we've got as well. Yeah.
0: So yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Um, I think we've got time for one more quickly. Um, how to keep motivation up from Jack Hayward?
1: Right then. Motivation is fairly important. However, nobody's highly motivated all the time it's like if the only time you've got to train is five in the morning before work you're probably not always going to be motivated to go to the gym you. no however as long as you are consistent with it as in not be oh, I'm, oh i don't feel very motivated this day but you go anyway you might have a you know a shitty session fine but at least you did the session and if you and if you relied on the motivation you didn't go at all then you've been nothing, you've been no gains at all, so motivation will come in stages and depends what's happening in your life, you could have work stress, you may not be motivated to go to the gym and smash it out, but then other times you might be on holiday from work, you've got no stress, or you got in a happy time in your life, whatever, and you can go in there and it can be smashed off to pieces and it's enjoyable. So. People shouldn't rely on motivation because I think that's a lot of answer for. I'm not very motivated because I won't start. Don't worry about motivation. Just be consistent over time because motivation is not what produces results long term. It's always consistency. Do you think people who've been training 20 or 30 years who are in phenomenal condition, probably in their 40s now, maybe 50s, do you think they're always motivated every day to go to the gym? No. But... They consistently get it done over the long term, and that's why they look like they do. Very good condition. People do aspire to be like them. It's like <clears throat> top bodybuilders. They don't start off 20 stone with abs today. They're consistent enough over the long, long, long term. People forget that the top Olympias in the mid-30s, sometimes 40s, who've been training 20-odd years. They know what to do every day. However, they've been consistent for a long, long time. So don't focus too much on motivation. Focus on just getting it done. Even if it's not as optimal as you would like it to be. Be consistent. And that is what's going to get you long-term results. Not massively high motivation. Some people get got motivation all the time because they love the gym. And maybe they're in a position in their life where they've got enough money... To not work and that's all they need that's all that's all they like to do so fair enough they probably have good motivation all the time because they might not have outside stress and it's fine for them but a lot of people are not motivated all the time but they just got to get it done i think that's uh i went for my uh opinion on that
0: no I, I, the motivation the thing is you, i don't just, the question itself is i get a bit futile and you've answered this already really but i'll just expand on it in that you can't keep motivation up, really, um, unless you kind of, I don't know if you've ever heard this quote, but I think this quote I've heard before, where it says, like, motivation is like showering. Obviously, at some point it ends, so you've got to do it daily, almost. Or, like, I can't remember, something, I'll butcher that badly. But basically, it's like saying, like, you get you get days, so you got to keep showering. And obviously, that becomes tired, tiresome, keep trying to be motivated. But obviously, the point you've made is that a lot of people... Great, motivation is great in the short term. You know, it gets you doing stuff, but you've got to then start to develop the doing stuff into habits and consistency because that's the stuff that will get you doing things over time, the consistency and the habits and the behavioural change where motivation is gone because motivation won't be around forever because motivation doesn't last. Um, you know, you watch a YouTube video of Mr. Olympia's all fucking lifting out. Hey, son, I want to get to the gym. Don't I want to push a load of weights? And that's great for a bit, but you keep doing that. And it's like, mm, that's not really that. It motivating anymore a bit boring now uh, can't really be bothered to train today and, uh, and like uh, the thing is that the people that get results are the people that go when they're not motivated and they go because they developed habits and they developed consistency where it's a case of you know I just train I don't think about it I just go whether I enjoy it or not or um and I think we're probably well certainly I'm in that position where I am the type of individual that it's part of my lifestyle now where it's like a reflex it's not even they don't even have a second thought about whether I train or I don't I just train and that's what I do. Um, and there are definitely are some sessions where I have shit sessions and I don't feel like it. And I could easily just go, ah, oh, I can't be asked, But because it's kind of like, well, it's too easy if you don't go once to not go 20 times. I just go anyway. And normally, I actually feel better after I've gone. I usually, even if I think I'm going to have a shit session because oh, I can't be bothered to train, more often than not, I'll actually go, I'm so glad I went because I had a really good session and now I feel like really motivated again afterwards or I feel like good rather than motivated, I should say is the word. I feel good after going. Um, I I I mean there's some things you can do in terms of like we talk or certainly I do in terms of kind of like motivational interviewing type techniques that you might use with clients and stuff and kind of using the wider term and you know one of the big things is autonomy so we as a coach I always try and involve some level of autonomy with clients them to kind of pick their own exercise sessions or, you know, their own food choices or something along the lines with some guidance where they have some involvement so they feel like there's some autonomy there. And I think like you can utilise that yourself as well if you're not being coached where, you know, kind of making some of your own decisions and thinking about what you like, what you do, what you want to do and just having your own autonomy can be quite big. But there's also a couple of other things in the kind of motivational influencing type where relatedness um, in terms of, Align yourself for, like, if you struggle with motivation, like, find and align yourself with other communities, and that's why things like Slim and World work quite well, and keep people motivated, because people feel related to other people, because other people are in the same boat, doing the same sort of things, they want to lose weight, they kind of sharing ideas, tips, conversing with people in Facebook groups, that type of stuff, so that can be quite a big thing, it can help with, you know, the motivational side um and you also get a lot of motivation from doing when you just become competent and stuff that's the other thing so the kind of the three things for motivation or, or kind of three underlying factors of of motivation and motivation or motivational influencing competence autonomy and relatedness so you know the competence side is just feeling like actually i'm suddenly getting good at something that's quite motivating in itself so you can kind of utilize that as well by going and feeling like you know you've achieved something you start to develop some skills um i think that'll all result in better better motivation in the longer term but like johnny say those things all align intertwine with behavior change like like um well yeah behavior change lifestyle change all those types of things they're not they're not just these like tips and tricks that like continuously stay motivated because you won't ever continually stay motivated it will be a case of actually you'll you'll just end up developing these habits and being consistent consistent on stuff regardless of motivation and motivation just becomes a, a non-factor yeah 100% good um i don't think we've got time anymore we've got a nice little list of questions here which so i quite enjoyed this little listener um question listener question type format so we'll revert and do a few more of these again i think we've obviously done quite a few in the past like this but we've we've avoided listener questions for us because of guests and and other topics so let's come back and do some more it's got a good list here yeah um right well then jonathan um on that note uh, let's say goodbye to people but before we do uh johnny you have spots for coaching so if anyone wants to get in touch if they want to kind of have a free no obligation consultation to see how we can help please uh, email info at nncoaching.com um, or contact either myself or johnny anywhere on the socials um don't forget your cheese nnn10 for your discount as well don't forget that Always buy your cheese. Yeah. Definitely helps with your dieting. Helps with your massing with all the protein gains. And it's nice. And it's nice, yes. Um, we don't promote stuff that we don't enjoy and eat ourselves. So, um, no. yeah. On that note, shall we say au revoir? Uh, yeah, au revoir. Have a good. Have a good. I would. I want, some, I want something more fancy, mate. Like, like some sort of foreign language. It's not have a good arrivederci arrivederci i like it right bonjour
1: thanks for listening to the no nonsense nutrition podcast we'll speak to you all next week